Tradition was that the day after Passover, you remember Passover, we celebrated it many weeks ago as it was changed from an old covenant to a new covenant with Jesus' body and blood. But the day after Passover, the shoot, the green shoot of barley was placed before the altar of the Lord and was waved. It was called a wave offering. And then 50 days later, once the first wheat had been harvested and ground into flour and the first pressing of the olive oil had been done, it was mixed together and baked into loaves and were placed before the altar of the Lord. It was the festival known as Shabbat, of 50 days, or the Greek word Pentecost. It was a festival of first fruits. It was known and was celebrated because it represented much, much more that was to come from the Lord. It was tradition on that day that the readings would come first from the book of Exodus. It would be the reading of God giving the law on Mount Sinai in thunder and lightning and fire with the voice of God ringing in the ears of the people. They would read that scroll. They would read also from the scroll of Ezekiel on that day of the valley of dry bones and how the Spirit of the Lord would come upon those dry bones and give life once again. This took place at 9 o'clock in the morning because that's what the rabbis had determined was the time that God had given the law to Moses. And so it was on this day, on this festival of first fruits of Shabbat, of the 50 days of Pentecost, that Jesus' disciples were gathered in the temple, the house as it was called, to celebrate. And the mighty wind, the pneuma of the Lord, came upon them, and tongues of fire were on their heads, and they began to speak in many languages the wonders that God has done. Pentecost, we celebrate today, but it is so much, much more than just that day in the temple when that happened. The outpouring of the Spirit given to all mankind, given to us at our baptism, and what that Spirit means in our lives and how He works in His mission in the church and in its people. No wonder it is that in our epistle this morning, Paul uses the phrase, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit, tying us back to that celebration of first fruits. Hear these words once again that Paul speaks. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. You know, that word groan means deep longing within us. And Paul uses that word as he talks about the Spirit who has created life in us, who has given us an inheritance, who has made us heirs truly of a new country of a country that is not earthly, of a heavenly country. And what Paul is describing there is that longing within us because we are all expatriates of that country. We are all not at home with the Lord. We are not in heaven, our final destination. 
We are in exile in this earthly land and how creation and how we groan together longing for that final adoption, that we could receive that final inheritance that has been given to us. It's appropriate that we think about a country today as we remember this weekend, those who, as Lincoln said, gave their last full measure of devotion to serve their country, to remember those who have given their lives throughout the many years and the wars to give us freedom that we so enjoy and protection. It reminded me of a story I read as a young child in school. The story was called A Man Without a Country. It was a story about a man named Philip Nolan, a young lieutenant in the Navy, who was a friend of Aaron Burr's, and when Aaron Burr was arrested for treason, he was also charged. He was so upset at his trial that he made a rash statement at that time, I wish to never hear again of the United States of America. And the judge thought it fitting that that should be his sentence. So he was placed on ship after ship throughout his life, always at sea. No one was to ever speak of the United States, of what transpired. He was never to see a newspaper, never to hear again a word about the United States. And the story goes on how at the end of his life they found a shrine in his cabin with the stars and stripes and with the eagle and with copies of whatever he could hold on to and how he honored and how he truly loved that country that he was separated from for the rest of his life. And so it is with us as expatriates, as we are separated from that country that we so love. As Paul says, how we wait for the finalization of our adoption to sonship. It's what we call the now and the not yet. How we have the gifts, how we are adopted, but yet the full fulfillment of what we are to receive from the inheritance will not come until a day in the future when we go home to be with the Lord. And while we wait, and while we are in this body, and while we are separated from that country, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, intercedes for us, works with us, pleads with us, and gives us the hope that we so need. You know, when I was a little kid, I used to like to take things apart. I had the problem, though, as a little kid, I could never put them back together. And so it be kind of became a joke that whenever I touched something, it was the end of it. Well, once as a little child, I was working on a radio that wasn't working, and I thought I had the problem solved. There was a little doohickey in the back where the power came in, and I thought, you know, all that needs to happen with this is if you bypass that little doohickey and get the power right to the radio, it'll win work again. So I did. I bypassed it, plugged it in, blew the fuses in the house, fried the radio. That was the end of that experiment. What I realized later on is that little doohickey that I bypassed was called a transformer. What a transformer does is it takes voltage and brings it down to a usable level 
for whatever it is that we're using. From big power grids that are powered by dams and generators and other things to bring it down to useful power in your house. And from that useful power in your house that some things can acquire to maybe bringing it to your cell phone or an HO train or whatever it is. So the Holy Spirit acts as the transformer in our lives, taking the majesty and the power of the Word and the sacraments and bringing them to us in just the way that we need it metered out to us. Whether we be an infant in baptism and the Holy Spirit creates faith in the heart of that child that cannot speak to us intelligently and yet is able to bring that power of God to them. Whether it's a child being taught in school, an adolescent, an adult, someone in old age, that Holy Spirit that intercedes for us, as Paul says, brings to us that very power and comfort of God's Word just as we need it in that hour. Paul says not only that, not only does that Spirit work within us to bring us what we need, but the Spirit also works in prayer with us. Paul asks the question, what is it that we should pray for? The answer is we don't know. And so the Spirit intercedes in our prayers with words that cannot be uttered, he says, bringing to us the very things that we need from the Word of God. Maybe, maybe my prayer might be, Lord, let that next cancer treatment be effective to restore me to health. But maybe the Spirit's intercession is, Lord, make Steve ready to come home now. You see, the Spirit knows our need, and God has given us that Spirit to have Him intercede exactly for needs, not for the things that we think we need to pray for, but the things that our God who provides all things to us knows that we need, knows that we need for comfort and for love and for hope in our lives. And so the Spirit makes sure that we receive those things from that Word of God, from that power given to us in the way that will give us exactly what the Lord wants us to have. He comforts us in our hour of need. He's with us. He is the advocate. He is the one who comes over us, is what Paul says, leaning over us like a mother brooding over her her chicks is often used in Scripture. So it is that when Jesus says to his disciples in the gospel, I will not leave you as orphans, The promise of the Holy Spirit to come over us is the one who gives us that answer to that prayer, that we are not left as orphans. We are not in the darkness of night. We are not alone. We are not, even though separated from our country, left to our own devices. The Holy Spirit, the celebration that we have today is the giving of the one who brings us Jesus, who connects us to him forever, who lets us once again know that we have in every situation of life that we live someone who is beside us, someone who is encouraging us, and someone who is interceding for us. What an incredible gift it is that we celebrate this day the celebration of our life as Christians, the celebration of the gift that goes with us not only from this world but into the next, the one who is there when we breathe our last, who takes us into the arms of our heavenly Savior, that we once again 
receive and hold his face before us that that comfort and joy might be complete. The advocate, that word that is used in a courtroom, the one who speaks for us, who stands up for us, who is there on our behalf when Satan seeks to create doubt in our minds, to bring us down, to say, you're a failure. Look at your life. You call yourself a Christian. Look at the things you do. How could God ever love you? And yet the Holy Spirit stands to defend us. No, this is one of the Lord's. This is one who has been sealed in baptism, who is loved, who is forgiven, who is with me now and always. What a day it is to celebrate those first fruits of our lives coming back, giving thanks once again to our eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Today is the birth of the Christian church, the birth of all that began and will continue when we go home to be with the Lord in our heavenly country. But as we are in exile and as we are away from that country, so we wait. We wait, as Paul says, with patience and with strength. We wait in hope, hope that we know is fulfilled because Jesus died and rose again for us, because he has come to us to be with us, to be in us, and to never leave us as orphans. May we ever celebrate this day of Pentecost, this day of giving us much, much more than we could ever imagine or hope for with the one who has been with us, who has been deposited with us to give us forever that life in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Spirit in our lives that deposit made at our baptism, the one who intercedes on our behalf and comforts us while we are away from you. May we all on this side of the veil, Lord, stand strong in the faith that has been created to, in us, comfort one another in our needs, knowing that you have given us your gifts and that you will provide all that we need in this life until we stand once again on that heavenly shore in your presence. We give you thanks and praise always in your name. Amen.